You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. I die, yet I live, is the title of this devotion. And as we grow in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, yes, we grow in the knowledge of the life that He gives, but also in the death that He died. And that actually is a very powerful work of His Spirit in us that through the working of His Spirit in us, we are baptized as it would teach us in Romans chapter 6, starting right at verse 1 through verse uh, 20, uh, that we are baptized in water baptism into Christ's death so that we dine, that we live no longer after the old sinful nature, and fall short of God's glory, but we live in the newness of life. That's the term used there in Romans chapter 6. We live the newness of life. And Jesus Christ is the one who came to, as I showed you yesterday from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, Jesus came to unveil that which God had purposed for us. He came for us. Jesus came to reveal God's purpose of all creation, that we would live as He lives, that the life we live is the life of the Father, that He has perfectly made known in the Son. That's why the Son is called eternal life. And so here in John chapter 11 that I'm going to read to you, verse 25 and 26, Jesus received the report while he was ministering somewhere that in the town of Bethany, which is near Jerusalem, his dear friend Lazarus had become ill. Lazarus was the brother of Mary and Martha. And when Jesus heard it, he stayed two more days. And, and then people said around him, Lord, your friend Lazarus is ill. In other words, you're not reacting. And Jesus said, he sleeps. In other words, he's died. Because for the believer, when this, when, we, when this body dies, it is like falling asleep. That's how the, the Bible teaches it. It's like you fall asleep in this life and you wake up in eternal life. And you will not know the pain of death if Jesus Christ lives in you. It will be like instant, out from this body into your heavenly body. And that I'll show you in a few minutes here in the scriptures. So Jesus was coming to reveal this. He was coming to demonstrate it. He was coming to show it. And I love it that he allowed Lazarus to be the one, the object lesson here, because he knew he could trust Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha, because they loved him. Oh, may the Lord be able to employ you and me because he knows we trust him that He loves us. 
And so Jesus, he comes and meets Martha. And in verse 21 of John 11, Martha says to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And I love Martha. Some preachers like to use her as a not positive example. I, 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 I hope I don't do that because I really love this lady. I think she's such a phenomenal woman of faith. And she says, but even now, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. Do you hear this? Lord, if you would have been here, I know my brother would not be dead today, but I know even now, whatever you ask God, do you see that spirit of faith? Oh, may us have that kind of spirit that even though we've gone to a, through a terrible disappointment, we've gone through something that has so hurt us and wounded us, we say, but even now, Lord, I know it's all in your hands. Even now, Lord, I know you are in control. Oh, may we have that spirit. Come on. Any of us can go through a tragedy in life or some terrible disappointment and that we can hardly bear it. You know, you feel like, like they used to say when I was young, you feel like pulling your hair out. You're so, so upset that it's happened. And yet you say, even now, Lord, even now, even, even though I hurt like this, even though I don't know what to think, even though I don't know what to do, I don't know what to say, I know you can do. You can do anything, Lord. In other words, I'm totally dependent and relying on you. I love Martha. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. <laughs> See how positive Jesus is in tra tragic circumstances. And Martha said to him, I know he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. Do you see her faith? Wow, what a woman of faith. And Jesus said to her, I am that resurrection. I am the resurrection of the last day. I am the resurrection. Whoever believes in me shall live. Amen. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Right? The title is, I die, yet I live. The title of this devotion. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is the eternal resurrection. Do you believe this, that Jesus is eternal life? Do you believe that whoever believes in him, even though he die, yet he lives? Even though I die, yet I live? Do you believe this? And Martha said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Wow. What a phenomenal woman, hey? And that same spirit of faith that you see here in Martha, I know is in you also. And I know it is working in you a far greater weight of glory than the present troubles could ever make you wonder about. Sometimes these present troubles are not always easy to bear, but we look with joy to that which is set before us in Christ and say, Lord, in all these things, I'm more than a conqueror. In all these things, I give you praise and glory. In all these things, I worship you because this treasure of your eternal life I have in this earthen vessel is pulling me upwards, is pulling me upwards to my heavenly home, to the glory set before me. Even though I die, yet I live. So look at this for a moment. 
Joshua chapter 1, right? Listen to this. I'm so happy it's in the Bible. Verse 2 of Joshua chapter 1. Moses, my servant, is dead. Right? Let me read you verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. The Lord spoke to Joshua. The Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Why is that so significant? Well, let me read you this. Matthew chapter 17. Now after six days, chapter, chapter 17, verse 1, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as, as light. And behold, Moses. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy for the Bible. And Elijah appeared to them, and in Luke chapter 9, it says, appeared in glory, talking with him. And they spoke to him about the death that he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. And you know, friends, this just is so exciting. Moses, my servant, is dead. And there he appears on the Mount of Transfiguration, representing the law, and Elijah representing the prophets. And they all bore witness to the Son of God. Peter, in his second letter in Peter in chapter 1, really unfolds that in the most beautiful way, what I'm trying to show you. And in Luke chapter 24 and in John chapter 5, it talks, Jesus said, If you do not believe the writings of Moses, neither will you believe me, for he wrote about me. And here we see, that even though Moses died, yet he lives. That's my title today. I die, yet I live. You see, this is the wonder of what we now have received through Jesus. And if I take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we see that it is the Father himself who has prepared us for this very thing. It says there, now he, verse 5 of chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians, now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God. Who has prepared us for what? I die, yet I live. It's God who has prepared us for this very thing. In other words, I am practicing, I am in preparation right now that though my body is dying, I'm 61, I'm getting older. <laughs> and I notice it sometimes and I, I try not to let Virginia know, but, but she picks it up a bit. <laughs> she picks it up. <laughs> she picks it up that in some ways I'm getting a bit older and I try not to show her. But, <laughs> but folks, I, I just have fun. I mean that when I share this. We just have fun that we're getting a bit older. But, you know, <laughs> I think if you're going to get older, you might as well have fun at it, eh? You might as well be happy about it because even though we die, yet we live. That's the preparation. I'm being renewed inwardly, daily. That is the glory 
that Jesus gives us that blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory, divine heir of salvation, purchased of God and born of his spirit and filled with his love. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all day long. Oh, we ought to just rejoice in this joy unspeakable and full of glory that we are now partakers of this inheritance, of the inheritance of the saints in the light, as Colossians 1.12 says. And oh, I just, I just love the thought of this. I just get caught up in the life from above. I live from above and I lift my hands and I worship my Father in heaven who already has made me a citizen of heaven and a member of his household by imparting his eternal life into this earthen vessel so that the glory of this life is obvious to everybody, not of myself, but it is of God because I die and yet I live. And he who has prepared us for this very thing is the Father himself. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Holy Spirit as guarantee. The Holy Spirit in us is like a guarantee that we have this eternal life in this earthen vessel and that this life comes straight from the throne of, of Christ, who is our life. And then listen to this. Verse 20 of Philippians chapter one, right? According, this is the Apostle Paul, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always. So now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Life, the manifestations of His Holy Spirit's power and the glory of the anointing that flows and people go, wow, what is this coming from you? It is so glorious. It's the life of the Son of God or in death, the dying. Oh, come on. Don't let yourself be downhearted about the dying. You're not somebody without hope. You're not somebody who's afraid of death anymore. You don't have no fear of death. No, absolutely not. Jesus took it away. He took it away. I'll never forget this amazing movie. And I, I'm not a promoter of movies necessarily. And I don't mean that unkindly. But this, this amazing movie, it's, the title of it is called A Man Called Peter. And Peter Marshall. It's an old, old film from the 60s, I think. It is in color. Oh, I love that film. And in this film, uh, Peter Marshall is a man who was born and raised in Scotland here in the, in the United Kingdom, and then ended up in the end of his life to become the minister, the pastor of the, uh, of the Senate in Washington, D.C. And you see that in this film. And, and part in this film is where he is preaching for the Navy in the United States right before Pearl Harbor. And he's preaching and the title of his message is, What is it like to die? And he gives in this film this incredible sermon. I, I mean, I think it's so powerful. And he gives in this sermon one little description that this young boy was dying and he said to mommy, Mommy, what's it like to die? And she said, oh, son. And the way he describes it in this movie, so beautiful. It's like when you fall asleep on the sofa in the living room and wake up in your own bed. Why? 
because after you fell asleep, your father took you in his strong, loving arms and carried you into your own bed and you wake up the next morning in your own bed. That's what it's like to die. You fall asleep in this body and you're carried by God's life, love-giving spirit right into his bosom, into his everlasting home in heaven and you wake up in his presence. And the boy was so happily calmed as he passed away shortly after. And it so touched me. I'll never forget it. I've watched that movie many years ago and I would encourage you to watch it because it will touch your heart. A man called Peter, Peter Marshall. This is what we are prepared for today. Today we're being prepared that yes, I die, but I live. And my focus at times is on the dying to self and the laying of the old man and its ways and thoughts and feelings that cause, causes me to not know the nature of God and take on the, the life of the Son of God that causes me to know the ways and purposes of my Father. And it's, Paul says, my expectation and hope is that that life is manifested, is magnified, Christ is magnified in me, be it in life or in death. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live only in the flesh, in this body, this will mean fruit for my labor. Yet what shall I choose? I cannot tell you. I, I, I'm pulled between the two, for I'm hard pressed between the two. I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. And and I do need to make a little side note here because there are moments in your life when the devil may kind of disguise himself and say, you know, it's far better if you go ahead and take your own life because you'll be with Jesus. Don't ever listen to that. That's not Jesus. Jesus would never, never, ever encourage you to take your own life. Do not misinterpret what I say that I have some unkind thought of about people who would ever do such a thing. I cannot imagine people being in such a low place of despair that they would be vulnerable to, to, to do such a thing. I, I, my heart could nothing but bleed for them in, in weeping before God and in love and compassion, wishing I could have been there to encourage them to, to live and not die. But, but you know, friends, we need to hear this news, this good news. He says, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. However, it is important for you, he says, that I remain in this body. What's the purpose of you living in this body? Is to share this life with others. Is to share it with others. That's why you're here every day. So many people everywhere, they don't know how to connect with God. They don't know how to find Him. I'm not just talking about people in the world, but that's very true. But I'm talking about just your own family, your brothers, your sister, people around you, that they need somebody to comfort them, encourage them, strengthen them, uphold them. Oh, that is more real than you can imagine. Absolutely. So the Lord needs you, desperately He needs you to share the love you have of Him with somebody else. Philippians 2 verse 1 through 4 says, If Christ has benefited you at all, make me truly happy by sharing that with somebody else. 
Let me close with you with just two scriptures, okay? Romans 7 and Romans 8. Romans 7, starting at verse 24, okay? The Apostle Paul in chapter 7 is giving us a masterful description of the dying of the old man and the living of the new. And in chapter 7, he is describing the dying of the old man. And in that experience, right, he, he sighs and says in verse 24, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Oh, there are moments that you think, I share in this life of the Son of God and the power of the age to come and the heavenly calling, the holy calling, and I am satisfied from above and my joy overflows and springs up to eternal life like a fountain. And then again, my goodness, I feel that old body of death. And that is the incredible mystery that keeps us so humble independence on him who gives us his life and who upholds us in his own righteousness and who keeps us by his power for the inheritance that awaits us in him at the Father's right hand, the inheritance of full sonship that Romans 8, 26 and 27 also talks about, 25 and 26. And here he said, oh, my goodness, I die. That wretched man that I still am in dying, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God it is done through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, yes, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And that's a description of what he was saying. But then he says in verse two, verse two and I close with that. He says, for the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has now made me free from this law of sin and death. So he gently and yet masterfully, graciously <coughs> shows us, I die and yet I live and what that is like. And you know, when you're young in the Lord Jesus and you experience that dying to self, it can frighten you. It can make you feel you don't know how to interpret it. You, you are still carnally minded, as Romans 8 says. So you, you feel depressed, you feel down, you feel low, you know. And then often you go back to some of your old ways. You, you watch things, you, you play on computer games, you, you, you go and drink or do something else to kind of numb that dying to self or it frightens you. You think, oh no, oh no, I thought I'd change. I'll see, I'll never change. See, and, and you're, you're still in a place where you so need to be upheld and strengthened. But the time comes when you grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus and you're not afraid anymore of the dying to self. No, you even say, I die, yet I live. And when you feel the pains of death working in you, you say, Jesus, I embrace the cross, I receive this. 
I receive it, Lord. I receive complete death to self. Lord, I know I can trust you. I surrender this. I submit it to you. I thank you for it to bring me into your rest, in the calming rest of your holy presence. Oh, Lord, I trust you. I surrender it by your spirit of grace, by your spirit enabling me to surrender it as a sweet sacrifice and well-pleasing surrender. Oh, Lord, I die in weakness, but yet I know I will live by your power and spirit. And before you know it, as you go through that, this glory of the life of the Son of God manifests in you. And even though you die, yet you live. Amen. Have a good day.